Hi, everyone. Welcome to Getting to Know You. This week, our guest is Rob Shelley. Uh, Rob is a longtime parishioner at St. Sebastian's, but also um, works at the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. And I was talking to Rob before this, and I thought, I wonder how many people that sit in the pews on Sunday know that he um, has such a big, important job in the Diocese of Milwaukee. So we'll, we'll unpack that in a little bit. But Rob, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hanging in there, John. Everything, as, as somebody that I know always used to say to me, all the big things are in the right place. And so, yeah, it's going about as good as can be under the circumstances. Yeah, circumstances get worse and worse uh, by the day around here. But um, I, I do think there's signs of hope. And there's, um, you know, uh, it's definitely a, it's been definitely a tense, uh, test of perseverance, I think. So we're... Oh. We're, we're gaining a lot there. And I know that your job uh, is probably really important now too as a social justice director. I don't know what the actual title is actually. What, what is your actual title? My, my title is Director of the Office for the Dignity of the Human Person. Oh, and so I got, that, look at me, I got that totally wrong. Well, I always have to say when they say, oh, what does that mean? And I typically say it is the, you know, Respect Life Social Justice uh, Office for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. And that's a language that people understand a little bit more. But because everything flows from the dignity of the human person, that's why uh, we decided to, to use that name. And it's been the name of, I've had basically the same job at the Archdiocese for 16 years, but I think my job title has changed about five times. So. Maybe that's part of the reason I had it wrong. But I, I love that dignity of the human person concept. And I, right now I've started a new um, cohort of people doing RCIA at SEPS and I'm teaching um, two introductory classes in theology of Marquette. And I talk more about the dignity of the human person, I think, than anything else. And I, I feel like my students and my RCA people must be like, Okay, you made the point, <laughs> but I, but I keep going. It all comes back to dignity, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that that's one of the 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 incarnation of Christ. The fact that that Jesus was human and God is well, it's the motivating factor of all Christianity. So, and every one of us is made in the image of God, and it is that our kind of opportunity to participate in the divine that really makes life. Uh, or can make life uh, a source of joy and beauty. And uh, it, it is extremely important. And I think, I mean, one of the, the things I think that people just sort of, well, they sort of, well, of course people have a certain dignity, but to really reverence the other person in a way that we're called to, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a yeah. real challenge. Easier so, said than done, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Even in very close you know, personal relationships. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think about when um, uh, I leave my socks on the floor uh, and, and Lisa gets mad at me uh, and does not respect my dignity. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, I like to first ask you just to tell, 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 uh, tell us about you, uh, kind of maybe anything you want to tell us about your family, your work, uh, your, your um, things you like and do. T tell us about you, Rob. Well, the, um, I was thinking about this the other day. Somebody asked me how long we've been members of SEBS, and it's very easy for me to remember that because one of the first things we did when we joined SEBS was our daughter, our oldest daughter, Maggie, was baptized uh, there. And, um, you know, so this, we joined SEBS in the fall of 1992. And I've often, often think about it. We've been 
the only other relationship I've had in my life that's been longer than my relationship with Seb's is my marriage. Mm. Uh, and so, but so my wife and I, we live in Wauwatosa now, and uh, we have three adult uh, kids. Can I interrupt um, for a second? What's so sure. beautiful about that is uh, Lisa and I just a few months ago did uh, baptism prep with Maggie, which is fun. <laughs> Full circle, you know? So. Oh, yes. Well, my wife was asking uh, me when she we got this. I got this invitation. She said, "Did we have the Metzes for uh, a baptism? Because we did baptism prep for several years at Sebs." Are you interested in coming back? I'm just kidding. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, but um, so we have we have three adult kids. Our oldest is is Maggie. She and her husband Andy live in in Wauwatosa, and they just had. Um, uh, well, not just, uh, he's almost eight months old now, but we have a grandson, uh, yeah. Henry, which we are totally over the moon about. Um, and then we have two other uh, adult kids, Katie and Matthew, and Katie's in graduate school in Seattle, Washington, and Matthew's a senior in college in Spokane, uh, Washington at, at Gonzaga. So um, we are empty nesting and grandparents, so... How, how is that? I mean, that, that those are those are different uh, facets of life. How has that been? Um, it it's been great. <laughs> um, I, it is a different. It is a different. Uh, you're in a different time of life. There's no doubt about it. Um, and we uh, uh, we've we moved from our our house that we lived over there uh, in uh, the Washington Heights. Um, to an apartment in in Wauwatosa, uh, which was a which was a big move. It's funny that we only moved, frankly, a, a mile from where we were, but now we're in a new municipality, um, and so it just it's 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 a little different, uh, but it's a lot of fun, and it has been um, a uh, it's a little bit of an adventure. And of course, we have the pandemic um, on top of that, and so that's been um, that's been a challenge for us. But the fortunate thing for us is my wife works uh, for an insurance company, and she's worked remotely since Katie was born um, for a long time. So we are we have all the tech we need to work remotely, and as long as we don't get on each other's nerves too much, it, it's worked out pretty well. <laughs> Um, the, my, um, my mom always says being a grandparent, uh, is, is the most wonderful thing. She says, I think that God's love is most like a, like a grandparent's love. Would you agree with that? Um, I'm pretty new at this. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if, if, if God is halfway as gaga about <laughs> me as I am about Henry, then I'm in really, really good hands. So <laughs> well said, I like that. I like that. Um, okay, so tell us, um, uh, I, we alluded a little bit to your job, but uh, be before you get into that, but probably a lead into that, tell us about, I'm curious about your faith, uh, what, what the role of faith plays in your life, and then maybe talk a little bit about the, your role at the Archdiocese and the work that you're doing. Uh, well, uh, when Matthew was going through confirmation class uh, about six years ago, he asked me, he said, Dad, why are you Catholic? Hmm. And I told him, I said, in all honesty, Matthew, it's because 1,600 years ago, some Irish chieftain was convinced by St. Patrick that the entire village should be baptized, and here I am today. Uh, 
Well, I am, I am a cradle Catholic. Uh, my mother is, uh, is an Irish American. Her, her family all came over during the potato famine. But I often say this, I had a great aunt on that side of my family who thought that the, uh, the Catholic Church, the Democratic Party, and Notre Dame University were all the same thing. And so that's, I came out of that uh, that kind of environment. The interesting thing for me is my dad was a is a convert to Catholicism. Oh. He converted well before I was born. I'm the youngest of five kids, um, but so so dad. I mean, dad converted to the Catholic Church because he was in love with my mom, and it was so important to her that he eventually, even though they'd been married for well twenty years before he. Could, uh, Right, maybe well, fifteen, whatever, a long time. He finally converted. Um, frankly, he converted because of the Eucharist. Um, mm -hmm. The you know the idea of the actual presence of the Lord there was the thing that brought him along. And um, but I always thought of my dad as having certainly one foot in in the in the church, and he definitely won. he was very supportive of mom bringing us up uh, Catholic and. Um, but always yeah, kind of had his Protestant skepticism always kind of back there. So, but one thing they really wanted us to do was go to a Catholic college. Um, I grew up in Wyoming in a small town, went to public schools because those are the options. So they really wanted to get all of us to have some kind of Catholic education. And, and a, as a result of that, um, I came to Marquette, uh, went to Marquette University and um, that really helped my faith life a lot. I, uh, Teresa and I, my wife, uh, we met there. We didn't date there, but uh, that we met and eventually end up getting married. And the, and the Jesuits have always had a big influence on my faith. And so I'm a cradle Catholic, um, but I think I often joke with people halfway seriously that every Catholic should have to go through RCIA because a lot of cradle Catholics, we're just, we kind of show up every week and Hopefully it kind of gets to in, you know, into us, but I mean, to have that intentional learning process, yeah. I think it'd be very helpful. So there, there's not a better, uh, more fruitful formation experience that I have more than RCA because it's people that show up that are, that, that want to learn, that are motivated. It's so much better than working with college freshmen. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Everything has its joys and sorrows, John. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but the, um, so it, the, I uh, uh, went to Marquette. I went to law school um, kind of as a punt, frankly, because I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, and that was a, it was a, I, it was an interesting experience. Um, I practiced law for a while and, and really had a great, uh, worked with an attorney here in town, a guy named Sam Lieb, who's just a wonderful, wonderful individual. I didn't know that. And was, yeah, so I, I practiced law for, did litigation. Wow. And um, it, <laughs> uh, I ended up writing a, it, I ended up writing a letter to Time Magazine in response to some article they had. And Therese said, you know, maybe you ought to think about going back to school. And so we met with Father Tim O'Brien, who's a diocesan priest, but runs the Aspen Center at, at Marquette, and who I knew and actually baptized our uh, Maggie. And he, he said, um, he said, 
so you can have a good life as a lawyer, but you can have a great life if you teach. Um, and so I went back to graduate school to teach. Um, uh, long story short, uh, jobs are hard to come by, and we really didn't want to leave Milwaukee. And so academic jobs, yeah, they're few and far between. I, uh, we wanted to stay in Milwaukee. Um, we realized how important SEBS was to our family. Um, and so I started looking job around for jobs, and it just, it, for reasons related to uh, layoffs at the archdiocese, a new position had opened up. And so I ended up applying for it, and I got the job. Um, and uh, I've been there for the last 16 years. So it's, it's, an, it's an interesting thing. So. It's amazing how you don't intend, uh, when we find ourselves in situations we don't necessarily intend to be in, and then we just are. And then it was like, yes, this is the perfect fit. Why, why didn't I choose this initially? <laughs> there was a student of mine at Marquette who I met right after I got this job. And I, I just saw him, I was on campus, I was walking around and he's like, I telling him about this job. He says, you know, Professor Shelley, it sounds like you've been preparing for that job your whole life. And I'm like, I, maybe I have, but it sure didn't feel like it on the way. Um, so, but it's, a, I'm really blessed to have this, this job because it, it provides an opportunity for me to live out my faith in a very intentional way. And um, the social justice teaching of the, of the Catholic Church has always been one of the things that I've been drawn to. So it is a real, I'm just really, really fortunate to, to have this job. So. What, what kind of, what, what, what work does the office do? What, what do you, what's like kind of your day to day? So our, my main job is to be the liaison for parishes in terms of their human concerns committee, their respect life committees, and then the staff uh, members there. So just like today, um, I had an email exchange with Margaret there at, at SEBS about um, there's a terrible hurricane, the second hurricane in like three weeks is going, ripping through Central America. Right. And so we reached out to the parishes that have twinning relationships in Central America to let them know that Catholic Relief Services is on the ground there and they're supporting that. Um, but then they'll also find out what they're hearing from their um, their twinning parishes down there. And so that's, that's a little unique to the situation now, but that's one of my roles is to be a liaison to Catholic Relief Services for the Archdiocese. Um, I also um, work with, um, uh, like this, again, this morning we had, there's a, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops has a, an effort they tried to launch this year, kind of got, um, aside because of the pandemic, but it's a program of, of helping Catholic parishes walk with young women in, in needs in, in cases of, of pregnancies. And so to make sure that that parishes are aware of the resources in their community that can help young women who find, or any woman who finds herself in a pregnancy and that she needs a little additional support. So right. I had a meeting with the Catholic Charities folks and Ann Haynes in the Urban Ministry and Mary Miller at our marriage office about how we can bring that to the archdiocese. And so that, that's kind of typical. My wife says this is a perfect job for me because I talk all the time. And, uh, <laughs> what, about, what about COVID? How is COVID, is that, are you less busy or more busy these days? I am, I'm as busy as I've ever been uh, because of COVID. And in, in mostly because of course of the 
not so much of the disease itself, but of the economic uh, consequences of the pandemic. Right. So, I mean, unemployment is uh, like, well, I mean, it's a little better now, but it, it's not, it's at least twice as high as it was last year. And I can just tell you, like at, at the St. Catherine's Food Pantry, where my wife and I help out, uh, we've are the demand now is twice what we had last year. I mean, we've already served over 4,000 people uh, in the pantry. And I mean, it's just, um, and I know like at Feeding America, where we get most of our food, their demand is up 70%. So I, and that's just very typical of places around that. So now it's, you know, to, for the corporal works of mercy, it's the, the church is stepping forward. And I try to help people, you know, make those connections and, and support that work. And, and yeah, and, and our faith calls us, tells us, reminds us we have a responsibility to do that. I had forgotten that you were active in the St. Catherine's uh, Food Pantry. What, what do you do that? Is that a regular thing you do weekly? Uh, we are open the second and fourth Saturdays of the month from nine to 11. Um, and um, so, but I mean, one of my jobs is to help order the food. So, um, so I got to order the food from Feeding America, and then I work with a group of uh, folks who pick it up, uh, and then we unload it. Um, so it's it. I don't have to do something about it every day, but I'm I, I'm involved uh, with it uh, pretty consistently. And one of the, it's been very interesting to be both working in a local food pantry, then also having my job at the archdiocese because I can yeah. kind of see things from a. a 30,000 feet level and then I see things from a three foot um, level yeah. and it is um, it's amazing uh, on all the things that the churches do um, but it's also um, it is one of these things that I realize that we often just kind of throw volunteers into a position and say good luck uh, <laughs> <laughs> anybody will do right well, yeah, and that's uh, and you 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 got to have warm bodies, but at the other time, you're much better off if you have people who have the interest and the skill set and the training to be able to do um, a good job of it. So one of the things that's been helpful for me is I've now tried to um, try to provide a little more of those training opportunities for uh, just you know, sort of your regular volunteers at, at church, so. That, that makes sense, because often when you're providing services like that, you're you're working with people in their most vulnerable place. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a lot to cope with if you're not ready for that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it is, it's been a little different because of COVID, because we've been for, in a, to be safe, so we're not spreading the disease. We're basically handing out, we are handing out the, the bags of food at the at the door um, whereas before we the people would come down into the community center we'd have some coffee for them we would have some uh, some some snacks or something like that and they still got a bag of food but they got to pick out cereal for, you know it was we're we're trying to move the pantry to more of a choice pantry where it's more similar to you, you your experience at a grocery store right uh, and that cuts down on food waste and, and also more importantly, it respects the dignity of, of the person there. So they get to choose what their family eats and, and, um, and they're not, 
they're not at the whims of what I'm going to put in a in a grocery bag for them. Yeah, that makes that that that's really. I mean, it's a small probably a, a small change, but it, yeah, that makes a big difference in uh, in in how I'm sure someone feels going through that process. Right, right, and I think that that's the thing about it is that it's very one of the things that it it's very easy to get caught up in the just the practicalities of making sure people have a bag of food and hand it to them. And if you don't, if you're not intentional about that, their dignity. And again, you know, it's that importance of human dignity, recognizing um, the Vincentians have a, they talk about seeing the face of Christ in the other. Um, and I, you know, that's a, if we really thought about that, if we would really treat everybody um, that we saw is if they were Christ, I mean, that's, that's what we're really called to do. And when my kids watch this, they're just going to laugh because they're like, huh, how are you doing in that dad? How are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to say those things. And then we have to think about our own actions and, and how we, we struggled that. But Rob, from my perspective, you're doing a very fine job of that. Oh, well, I, thank you, John. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, anything else you want to say about your job? Because I, I, I know, I, I know it's, a, it's, a big, uh, it's a big job, and I'm sure we can talk about it for a very long time. But uh, is there anything else you want to share? The only thing I would say about this, and, and this is just one of the, the issues that we always deal with the Catholic Church, is because it's such a large organization, we often think of whatever the different ministries of the church are, we say, oh, the church is doing that. And it's true. The church is doing many, many wonderful things, but it's important for us just as individual Catholics to also take responsibilities for those, those ministries as well. And to be, you know, engaged in a little more intentional way in, you know, where we're, where we're being called, because as we often say at the Shelley house, uh, you know, the dishes don't get done by magic. Uh, and so somebody's got to be carrying out those ministries. Yeah, that's good. If you could come to my house and tell my kids that dishes line, that would be helpful. <laughs> um, uh, my last question for you is, uh, what, what are your hopes for the future, whether it be uh, at St. Sebastian's or in your work in the Archdiocese or in the greater world, what, what, what hopes do you have? Uh, I, a couple of things. I mean, my, my immediate hope is that we are able to muster the, the perseverance that we need uh, to get through this pandemic in a, so that we come out of this uh, terrible time uh, a little better versions of ourselves and you know, realizing the, the terrible uh, pain and suffering that we've gone on and certainly there at SEBS, I mean, we know we've lost parishioners and it's awful. It's just a terrible time in that regard, but mm -hmm. I think that that is like anything is hopefully as we kind of bear the crosses of the day that, that we're a little bit we improve we become better to you know it's that modest that we're always striking for a little more excellence and then I also think one of my hopes for for SEBS is that um, it can continue to be it it was a great it it was a great community for my kids to grow up in. It's a great community now. And I just hope that it continues to be that, um, uh, that kind of 
challenging but comforting community that I think all faiths, uh, all of us should be. To, you know, it's sort of to help us grow in our faith, to challenge us to be better Christians, but also to provide that comfort that we need in times of sorrow so that we can gather around. Like we had a memorial service for my mom uh, several years ago. And, um, you know, Father Larry was the pastor at that time, and he, he, he said it. And it was just, it was wonderful for us, for my siblings to kind of also gather around with our cousins. We have a lot of a large extended family around it in Milwaukee. So they couldn't travel back to where my mom's funeral was in our hometown in Wyoming, but they could be here. Um, and it was just great. And they, they, they were both complimentary of Father Larry, the way he presided, but also they could tell that we had this great community surrounding us and providing us with love in that time of loss. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing and um, an important role I think that uh, a home parish needs to provide. But your words also remind me of uh, my, like, my favorite um, definition of a prophet. Maybe, maybe the church is called to be prophetic too, that the prophet is supposed to conflict the comforted and comfort the afflicted. You know, that, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, we, uh, that we, um, we challenge people that need to be challenged, but we make sure to uh, lovingly embrace people that need that comfort too. Right. Well, and I think that, and I mean, I was, as I was thinking about this before, I remember one of the things that I think is, is a great thing about a, a parish community is you bring, hopefully you bring different people together, um, people with different ideas, different thought patterns and all that. And I can think of two very specific incidences of fellow parishioners challenging me about my behavior, uh, in a way that was helpful uh, for me. And it wasn't related at all to the church, but they knew me through the church and we were involved in, frankly, it was youth athletics. Um, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a great thing. And if, if we hadn't been parishioners together, I'm not sure they would have done that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Trust, and, trusted your relationship enough to be forward and honest with you. Right, yeah. right. Well, actually, they were just mad at me. <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't something that ruined that relationship because we, we had it. And they, it was very, very helpful to me. Very helpful. That's so. good. That's good. So we also have to be open to that critique, too, sometimes. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you can only do that. Well, I shouldn't say that. You're best at doing that in a place that you know you're loved. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, because you've built up some trust, right? <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. And so anybody should be able to walk through that door and know that they're in a community where they're going to be loved, but also to expect they're going to be in a community that's going to challenge them. That's going to, um, it, it's a great line I read in a book about uh, Benedictine spirituality and sort of being a good abbot to yourself, to set the bar high enough that it's a challenge, but not so high that you're, you know, you're always missing it. Yeah, uh, that's good. I like that. Um, Rob, this, is, this has been a really fun conversation and uh, enlightening too. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate, I know you're busy and especially during this time, I appreciate you giving us a few minutes to get to know you a little more. Well, I, I appreciate it. And I, I just, the invitation, it's, it's a real honor, John, and it'll give me a lot of street cred with the rest of my family because we are big Mets family fans. So. <laughs> and we're Sheldy uh, fans also. So, so thank you. Blessings on your journey. I appreciate you uh, taking the time. 
Oh, well, thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you.